it, it there seems to be this feeling that women like using their giftings to for the great commission to go forth and to mm. serve God's kingdom and believing that a woman has a distinct role to help the church flourish that those things are mutually exclusive mm. that they can't exist in the same yeah conversation it's just not true no, the only time you're really going to be free and fulfilled is when, as a created being, you begin to walk in the way that he's created you to operate. But what you do need to do is just be a faithful representation of what you believe. Live it, live it boldly, don't hedge on anything, and just simply be who you are for the sake of Christ and the gospel and the church. And don't think about it in terms of like, did I make sure that they understood that I think they're wrong? In every generation, we need to evangelize the church. There is no Christian culture. Christianity is the message of God's Son sacrificed on the cross for our salvation. And the question that we have to ask ourselves is, are we going to choose him or not? And I often tell people, people don't leave church because of God. Mm -hmm. They leave because of other people. Welcome back to the Sandhills Podcast. We are excited today to continue our theme on the topic of women in scripture and women in ministry. And today, on that subject of women in ministry, we have Katie Lindemann with Young Life on the show. Yeah, thanks for having me. Yes, welcome. Excited to be here. We're excited to have you. Uh, for those of you that don't know, because there's no way that you could have known, we were recording before this having a conversation and I had tried to start and I had said, welcome back to the show. But this is your first time. This is my first time. This is exciting. Yeah. This is it. I would have played along, but I, I thought I'm glad I was to like be here for the first time. There we go. <laughs> Team player mentality, yeah. just right off the Absolutely. bat. Would have just rolled with it. Absolutely. But you were here for the Peacemakers Conference last year. I was. I did get to be a part of the Peacemakers Conference last year, which was a big gift. So And what did you what was for so I know there are some people who are watching or listening who did get to go and we got a ton of amazing feedback on what you gave and what you delivered. So thank, thank you, you again so much for that. But for those who weren't able to be there, what was your topic and, and how did you approach it? Yeah, I talked about um, how to make peace with your past. And so I got to, I, I really just simply shared my story um, and then shared a little bit of scripture, talked about the bleeding woman in Zacchaeus, mm. I believe, and um, and got to talk about what, what it looks like to... Um, I, maybe if I had to sum it up in one statement to believe that, you know, often our greatest gifting comes out of our greatest brokenness mm. and, um, you know, our story plays a part in that. So, yeah, it was such an amazing, you did such yeah. an amazing job. Thank you. And I've been thinking about that for the last couple of weeks has been, we've been looking at relaunching this podcast, you know, kind of revamping it. We took like eight months off to build the studio and all that. And so kind of relaunching and I was like, you know what, I think people would really love it if we pulled the audio from those messages and relaunched them on the podcast as like a mini series. So oh, yeah. if you're listening and watching, look out for those. They'll be coming out probably in the next couple of months. So you'll get to hear Katie's topic. And it was, it was really amazing. So definitely stay tuned for that. And we're excited to, we'll kind of have you back on the show, you yeah, know, so, quotes. So that will be my back on the show. There we go. So we'll pull the audio from the first that's perfect. And then we'll insert it. It makes sense. Yeah. It's magic. Yeah. Editing magic. So what what do you do besides come onto our podcast and, and come to the conference and speak? What do you do as a day job? 
<laughs> I um, I work for Young Life, which is um, it's a large, it really an organization exists worldwide. But I work mm-hmm. particularly in Northeast Columbia. Uh, so all the Richland two schools, I'm the area director of Young Life in Northeast Columbia, and um, Young Life, maybe most simply put, it's a it's a parachurch ministry to to an outreach ministry to middle school, high school, and college age students. Mm-hmm. So the vision statement is to introduce adolescents to Jesus Christ and help them grow in their faith. Wow. And do you guys, does Young Life have a military ministry? We do. We have, um, really, it's a, it's a partner ministry. It's called Club Beyond. Yeah. That functions on military campuses. So there's uh, Becky Vanatier is, is the director here in Columbia for Fort Jackson. That is amazing because I actually grew up in Club Beyond. Oh, really? I um, didn't know that. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So I grew up in the Army and... Club Beyond was where I was really impacted with like, oh, wow, this is more than just what we do on Sunday. Hmm. And so it was transformative. That's awesome to hear. Yeah. yeah. So I had, I didn't realize that they were connected. Yeah. But I'm like, the mission sounds, sounds very like familiar. really similar. But it was, I mean, that was actually the place I got to preach for the first time in my life for a Club Beyond message. Because hmm. I was talking to the lead guy and I was like, hey, I really want to like you know, try this Pursue out. This, like yeah. maybe this is something. And I was in, I was a freshman in mm. high school and he let me do it. That's awesome. And I was like, this is wild. Like, yeah. you know, and so I didn't realize what the Lord would build off of that. But I mean, that was the first time ever. And right. It's crazy the impact that probably had on you, but also just the people in the room. Yeah. They got to Who hear knows? a yeah. peer. Yeah. Sharing Isn't a that wild? Message. So thank you for what you guys do. Hey. Like, that's amazing. Well, it's such a club beyond such a unique niche of the minute. Is niche a word? It is. Yeah. It's you. definitely a word. It's definitely. <laughs> is it the right word? I think it is. It's like <laughs> niche is like, you know, small focus. Specific part. Yeah. Specific. Yeah. Um, it is. It's a niche part of what Young Life does because military kids are so transient. And it so is, yeah. um, I just appreciate like Becky here in Columbia at Fort Jackson, what she does so much, the way she talks about kids that. You know, maybe she only ran with for a year, two years, but, um, you know, I remember at Thanksgiving, she was like, I'm having a bunch of Club Beyond friends from Germany come and spend Thanksgiving nice. with us. And, like, man, the relationships that were built in such a short time, but were so transformative, clearly, for those kids that they're traveling to yeah. visit her on the holidays. And, and you know what I just remembered? What? My brother, Mark, met his wife, Haley, at Club Beyond. <laughs> Amazing. There you go. So circle. Mark Haley, you just got a shout out on the podcast and you're famous now. There it is. Yeah. Look at Club Beyond. Mm. Look at Young Life. That's cool. Roland, how long have you been doing that? Yeah, I so I actually met the um, met Christ through Young Life in high school and then um, started volunteering in college, volunteered for six years. And then I've been doing it, um, you know, as a job for eight years now. Wow. That is amazing. So and that was in high school. In high school, yeah. Because you guys have a college arm as well. And then, yeah, so we have Young Life College, which is ministry to college students. And Mm -hmm. then we also, college students make up, at least in in Columbia and Northeast in particular, a majority of our volunteers. Okay, who are leading the high schoolers. Who are leading middle school and high schoolers. So, you know, there's two parts. We have some college students who just simply are coming to be a part of Young Life College. And then some who are plugged. I I mean, our hope is to plug them in as as a volunteer leader. And then how does the Young Life ministry partner with churches. So as a parachurch organization, yeah. how does it come alongside churches? Yeah. So I think, I think the hope is, um, you know, I, I feel I've been asked several times if, uh, 
but you know, just by random people throughout the years, if parachurch ministries are biblical, mm. which is a loaded question. That's like that's that could be a whole podcast. Yeah, it could be a whole. We might podcast. be having you back no, even point, sooner. Not me, <laughs> somebody else, much smarter than me. But um, I think my answer is is always something to, to the effect of you know they're not specifically outlined in scripture, mm. but if the question is, you know, I, I don't think they're unbiblical. I think they're legitimate as long as they are seeking to serve the greater church and mm. to unburden the local church. And mm. um, so I think the hope is that they would come alongside the church by being a bridge to um, specifically adolescents in our context, but that would never step foot into a church. Mm. And and that that's trickier in the South. I'm from Kentucky, which is still by all means the South. But yeah. um, I had never been to church growing up. The, the only church that I had ever been a part of was a, a Unitarian Universalist church. Oh, very. Just on yeah. Christmas and Easter. And um, so I had no context for faith or for yeah. who God was or what Jesus had done at all until I walked into Young Life. And I probably would have never gone to a church. Wow. But I was willing to come to this kind of middle ground where yeah. my friends were, it was fun, and and then immediately was plugged into a church from there. So I think wow. that's the hope that Young Life would, yeah. we don't do that perfectly or even well sure. some sometimes but uh, i think the hope is that young life would plug kids back into the local church after they introduce them yeah. to christ man that is incredible it's a lot of fun in in inside and so I'm, I'm glad you brought that up that there's the parachurch side and the church side yeah which they're both working for the kingdom right which is the ultimate thing to pursue right kingdom mindset kingdom mission and then that expresses itself through church ministry, parachurch ministry, and then people's individual ministry right. of loving your neighbor as Christ has first loved you. And, you know, hopefully being the hands and feet of Christ yeah. every day out of the week, not just showing up on Sunday, right? So you have those three things that you could kind of boil it down to very basically. But you typically see, so if we focus on just the parachurch and the church, you typically see a lot more women in ministry in parachurch contexts and not in church contexts. Yeah. And I was just wondering, have you seen the same thing or, or what, what are you thinking about that or what could cause that? Yeah, it's an interesting question. I, I, um, I would hope that it, you know, it wouldn't be way more in a parachurch setting, but I, I imagine that's true that there are more women in a parachurch ministry. And, mm -hmm. um, I, I just wonder if, you know, I think for a church, a lot of times the priority is, is raising up males who can pastor the church and mm -hmm. who can lead the congregation. And so, um, I think the focus is often, often lands there, whereas, mm -hmm. you know, a, a female can be a part of leadership in a parachurch ministry, mm -hmm. but still ascribe to complementarianism, you know, and, yeah. uh, and, and I think that's possible for the church too, but sure. I think that's a shift that's happening slowly mm. and maybe has happened faster for a yeah. church ministry. Um, it's a great question. I don't know if I have a great answer for it. No, I think that's great. It is fascinating to see that there are, cause just like you said, Young Life focuses high schoolers, right? you know, for, for the predominant majority of Young Life is high schoolers. Yeah. And you have a specific fo focus and a specific mission. And so I actually like how you brought that up with the church, that there are specific focuses and missions even within the church. Right. For yeah. what are we trying to accomplish? What are we trying to build? And that's why it takes the whole body yeah. to come together and, and to be the, hand, the body of Christ to the world, yeah. not just one aspect of it. Do those things alongside each other. Exactly. Absolutely. What is it like to be a woman actively serving in a ministry in the South? Because yeah. I think this is something that 
some of our more northern or western, like, and when I say western, I mean west coast of the sure. United States. The, the northeast, the west coast, that they don't seem to have these conversations as much as we in the Bible Belt do. So right. what is it like being a woman in ministry in the Bible Belt? Yeah, it's a, it's a great question. I, I, I love my job, mm-hmm. and um, I love what I get to do, and I do think, you know, primarily my experience within the context of, you know, the organization of Young Life and uh, ha- has been one that's been really encouraging where I've received a lot of opportunity and a lot of mm-hmm. advocacy and have been encouraged that, you know, I bring something to the, unique to the table to yeah. serve serve Jesus. And um, so I would say in that context, you know, it's been great. The church that I'm a part of, Columbia Presbyterian downtown, you know, um, has been a, a same thing, opportunities, advocacy, encouragement. and But I, I do think it would be remiss to say there aren't challenges to yeah. being a female in ministry and mm-hmm. um, that there aren't places where where it can be lonely or discouraging. And I, I think, um, you know, when I think through that, probably the main places I've experienced the most challenge with being a woman in ministry is just, uh, you know, our ministry in particular really seeks to build relationships in the mm. community. And it, you know, it, we're a nonprofit, so we're funded by people in the community. Yeah. And, um, so our, of course our ministry is going to thrive and, is and, be its best when those relationships are there. I think that's probably the place I've found the most challenge being not just a, a woman, but a young single woman. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm not that young. I'm 30, mm-hmm. but plenty of years ahead. Yeah. Um, and so I, you know, I think I've certainly had those awkward conversations where people are surprised that mm. I would be the area director or um, maybe where someone isn't willing to meet with me, even in a public space one-on-one. Mm. And so those are more rare, I would say, than they are common. But I'd, I, maybe the the best example I could think of is the, you know, the area director came before me. He's a dear friend that, you know, I have a close relationship with. He's a male. And um, before he came on staff, he was actually a pro golfer. Oh, wow. So when he moved into the area, it was like, of course, I'm going to use that to meet people in the community. And so yeah. a lot of the relationships he built with people that were you know the foundation of kind of our area were people you know men on the golf course yeah um and I move into the area and I don't hold space on a golf course with older males like that (laughs) that's not the place that I'm going to be found on a Tuesday at 10 a.m right and so um I think that that idea of like okay I have to uniquely think about how Mm. to how to pull people into the community and and certainly I think that experience can be lonely or one where there's that feeling of, you know, can I hold this space and can Mm. I, can I be respected by people as a female? So what's the best way in light of that for churches and I mean, it's kind of Christians broadly. Sure. What's the best way for them to encourage women who are in positions like that? Like kind of looking back on it where you like, man, I wish I would have gotten, you know, X, Y, Z, you know, that would have been really helpful, really encouraging. What, what does that look like? Yeah, I think, um, gosh, I, I feel like I could go a lot of directions with this. If I, I think about maybe some of the main ways that the church can, or, you know, Christians, just people in general can, can empower women in ministry. I think, I think probably the, the biggest one, um, I think it has to land, you know, foundationally on discipleship. Like a focus on women being discipled, and yeah. um, I think often, you know, the the 
and I guess I'll start by saying this, if I backtrack a little bit, I don't think um, that necessarily like the theological convictions need to shift. I think it's more like a practice Mm. of those convictions that needs to shift. Mm -hmm. Like, um, again, you know, I'm a complementarian. I'm going to fall on the side that that men and women were created with equal dignity, value, and worth, but with right. specific roles to help right. humans and the church flourish. Like, I'm, I'm going to fall on that side um, pretty strongly. But I think it's the practice of those convictions that mm. is needs to take a shift. And, and I think the conversation's happening, which is super encouraging. And so I think a part of that is, I think the first piece is probably discipleship, that um, often the focus can be, on males because you're raising up pastors and, and people to lead a congregation. Um, so I think ha- having a space where, where women are being taught to think deeply and mm. theologically and are like students of God's word is so pivotal. Um, yeah. and then I, you know, I think the other piece is uh, just giving opportunities, uh, letting, like inviting us into rooms where decisions are being made. It, it doesn't mean we need to be, at the top of those decisions right. being made, but, but being invited into a room and, and to have a seat at the table, but also holding us to the standards of scripture. Right. Um, so not giving us a free pass, mm-hmm. but inviting us to the table, but not giving us a free pass. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think it is crucial, but, and, and maybe in the same vein, um, not just, not just needing us at the table, but wanting us at the mm. table. You're not just checking the box. Of, not, oh, yeah. there's a woman here. We checked the box. We're safe. We know we needed to have a woman, mm-hmm. but you know, we don't really care what she brings to. Yeah. I always think about this of, um, you know, I, I know that you need me at the table. I've heard, do you want me there? Mm. And do you want what I'm going to bring? Cause I am going to bring something unique. Like there's a chance yeah. if you invite me to the table, I'm going to cry I'm at bringing the table a dish. because like, <laughs> yeah, I'm like an emotional female, you yeah. know? And, and so is it okay if I cry at the table yeah. as we talk about something or, you know, yeah. some of those things of, do, are you okay with the uniqueness that I bring as a woman? Yeah. And I'm not saying men don't cry. Right. But I mean, no, but that's a great point where this is, uh, something that I've been listening to Francis Chan a lot on. Yeah. And he, I was just listening to one of his messages from like 2015 and he, and he just asked a simple question. He was like, when was, and he was talking to a bunch of a room full of pastors. And he said, when was the last time you wept before God mm. for the position of your people before him? Mm. Like have when, because you see in scripture, a lot of people crying. Sure. Because it's a huge deal, but we can just desensitize ourselves yeah. to it. Yeah. And just like you said, like, is it gonna be okay if, I, if, if I bring emotion to the table? Right. Man, I'd say if anything, we should probably have a little more of that, yeah, you know, and, and and it's refreshing. And so I, that's a phenomenal point that like whatever they bring, and that's not to say women only bring emotion. To the sure, table, right? sure, yeah. <laughs> but it's to say that to look at this and say whatever we bring to the table, can we build it as one community in Christ? Yeah, and not just say, well, we have these types of people who are leading, and they're going to make these types of decisions. Yeah, but all types of people helping lead the community you know, whether they're part of the voting members or not, even to just yeah. bring in that voice, like you said. Yeah. So and it's, helpful. That's so biblical, right? That mm-hmm. that we would each bring something unique to the table and that that would form one body. And um, I think I, I've gotten to experience a, a lot of that within the church that I'm a part of, of, you know, I think maybe the best example when they, when they hired an associate pastor, you know, I, I I'm not an elder, right? I, mm-hmm. I had no part in that hiring um, decision ultimately, but, you know, at one point, you know, that associate pastor went through a multiple step process of being yeah. hired. And, um, 
I was invited to, to simply come and have dinner with a group of people that included men and women of various ages and just get to know mm. this potential candidate. And then was, you know, the pastor, the head lead pastor called me after and said, tell me what you think. How do you think they would fit into mm. our church? What did, what was encouraging? What, where did you see any red flags or challenge? Yeah. And, um, I, man, I felt so cared for in that mm. conversation that it wasn't just like, okay, you know, part of the process is we need to make sure we have a dinner and let's include some women. So it feels like women were, we're but thinking it was, of it. Yeah. yeah. It was like, no, we care what you think about mm. this. Are and, you going to be ministered to by this person? Right. You have something to bring to this conversation. Mm. I think that, um, really empowers women mm. to, to do ministry and to step out in faith, take on a different role, you know? And so at, that's one of the ways you've seen it in your own life, being empowered towards ministry of being invited to have a seat at the table. What are some things that you think would go a long way broadly? If, if there's a church leader listening to this going, you sure. know what, man, I hadn't thought of this before. What would it look like to biblically empower women in ministry? What are some maybe simple things or starter points for people? Yeah. I, I think a huge piece, even back to that discipleship, I love that um, something that Sandhills does is has a mentoring program for women. You know, like that's a priority that as, as women are seeking that out, that they'll be mentored by mm. an older female in the church. Yeah. I think, um, I think that's going to be pivotal in that discipleship piece of, you know, we're teaching women that they can be deep thinkers, that they can right. deeply study God's word, even if they never pastor a church or teach a congregation. Um, so I think uh, that is probably the main thing that I'm going to land on over and over again. Um, and then I, I, I think it's simply just, and I don't, I'm not sure if this is exactly what you're asking, but I think having, looking for the places that you can speak vision mm. into specific women, you know, yeah. like how do, where do you see that they're gifted? How could they use that gifting? I think a lot of the reason that I've even ended up on Young Life staff in the role that I'm in is because there were males that spoke vision over me that, yeah. that I could have this leadership and that I could serve God in this way. And I, that was so crucial for me. Absolutely. I mean, it's almost like we should be taking scripture literally. Right. <laughs> hey, because what does Paul say? He clearly outlines eldership for males. And then what does he say about spiritual gifts though? He says, you know, these are the gifts which are given regardless of ethnicity, gender, whatever. Right. They're given freely by the spirit by anyone who has the spirit. We're and so all that, one in Christ Jesus, right? right? So that all's in there, but it says gifts confirmed by the elders, mm -hmm. which mean men need to be a part of that process and speaking that truth and that vision, just like you said, into women and men's lives, right? You know, yeah. equally, because the spirit's moving, you yeah. know, and, and to just go, well, I'm going to say that the spirit's not going to work like this. A one hinders the spirit, you know, right. but B two would ignore a biblical command of you should be confirming what the spirit's doing in these people so that they can know that they have the vision and support of the church and that they're going to be used in a specific way. Yeah, man. Yeah. And I, I, we, you just can't overemphasize the impact of something like that. Yeah. And, and that so, means you have to know people, right? You have to know them. You have to spend time with them, which means they need to be at the table in the room. Or how, yeah. how are you, how are you going to know someone if you never spend time with them? Right. Right. Yeah, man. It's, it's so simple. I know. I was going to say, it's just simple relationship. Yeah. Like it, I mean, you look at the example of Jesus, it's exactly what Jesus did. So, you know, if I'm talking to a leader in a church, I'm like, 
Yeah, you have to be incarnational the way Jesus was incarnational. Yeah, but that's Out. hard. Oh, <laughs> it is hard. Yeah. That makes me uncomfortable. <laughs> yeah, oh, no. Yeah, yeah. got to have the conversation. <laughs> yeah, gosh. I mean, because you see him do all kinds of stuff with that. Right. right. Where he just sits down with the woman at the well and just starts mm -hmm. engaging her. Yeah. And he's not just like, you suck. You're yeah. the worst. <laughs> yeah. You really go and sin no more. You yeah. know, he's like, I know you. Yeah. I know you and you should know me. Yeah. Because I've if you knew who I was, right, then you would you would be asking me for water. Yeah. You know? And do we have that approach when we think of, man, okay, the Lord's put me in X position for ministry. Am I looking around and going, Man, I, I really want to tell people about what I see in them, what they could be, because Christ looked at her and saw what she could be. Yeah. And said, I'm gonna sit down with her and talk to her. Yeah. And and call her up, right? Absolutely. And, and I mean, especially, you know, as women we have to do a better job of doing that for each other um, and being willing to mm. speak, you know, life-giving words to each other. I think that that's such a real struggle for yeah. women sometimes. And, and I think the, you know, the neglect of women in ministry has played into that. Sure. That there's this fear that there's not enough opportunity. And so we better mm. compete with each other and fight over mm. it. And um, it's just so contrary yeah. <laughs> to, to scripture. Yeah. And gosh, the way that, you know, I think the Lord would want us to function. So. Yeah. And we have become, as a Western church, so program driven. Yeah. That we say, okay, well, the women's ministry does these four events. And they're great for community, you know, but a lot of places leave it there. Right. And you're saying that we need to go deeper with one another, specifically women with one another, growing spiritually with one another, and then sending each other out. Right. Man, it's just, it's so difficult to think through all the things, all the boxes we've put ourselves in. Sure. And then to go, okay, we should, we should probably start changing this. And then you start thinking like, oh man, that's going to take a lot of work. It is. It's work. Yeah. And a, and a total just shift of thinking, which is hard when there's so much happening yeah. in the church, you know, and then there's so so many plates to spin yeah and, this and, and then you'll get the charge one. of being a liberal yeah that you're yeah. trying to destroy scripture and in our culture it feels yeah. like you can't even have a conversation i mean you know i brought my whole ipad of notes because yeah. i was like this is a loaded conversation it is. let it's me heavy. not say anything stupid <laughs> <you know? laughs> because i mean you honestly that is one of the wild things is we live in a generation that has to walk on eggshells right when you talk about anything that could challenge anyone right but everything you say will challenge someone right but it's and it's difficult to because like you've said it so well so many times already where you're like i'm a complementarian this is, you know, I believe in a conservative view of scripture, that we take it literally, that we walk by it. But there are people who will take one sound bite, right? And they'll just sure. go, see, she's, yeah. she, she doesn't hold the authority of scripture. And it's like, what? Where did yeah. you get that? Or the other side, if I had come in here and not made that clear, yeah, I would be a feminist, yeah. you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, uh, so it does make the conversation really hard. And mm. it, it there seems to be this feeling that, women like using their giftings to for the great commission to go forth and to mm. serve God's kingdom and believing that a woman has a distinct role to help the church flourish, that those things are mutually exclusive, mm. that they can't exist in the same yeah. conversation. And it's just not true. Yeah. We put up so many cultural 
stumbling blocks. Yeah. Because then we see something that looks a little different than what we're used to. And the gut reaction is like, well, they're changing something. Mm -hmm. It's like, no, we're, we're not changing what scripture has said we should be doing, but we might have to change what culture has said we should look like. Yeah. Yeah. I think back to that, like the conviction doesn't necessarily need to shift for most Mm. people. It's the practice of Mm. that conviction. The working out of our salvation. Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) Walking as Jesus walked, having the same values that he did Yeah, and looking at the values of the early church and, uh, you know, what we see in Acts and going, all right, let's, let's really commit to trying that instead of what's culturally comfortable for us. Right. Yeah. What would you say as we kind of wrap up the podcast, if you could say one thing to every woman who's listening, thinking about, man, I don't know if I'm supposed to go into ministry or not. Hmm. What would you say to them? I only get one. Yeah. Just one thing. (laughs) No, I mean, (laughs) yeah. Broadly speaking, broadly speaking. Um, and I, and I don't mean to beat a dead horse, but I do just think that a woman has to cling to God's word above all Mm. else. Um, and has to stay in scripture because when you stay in scripture, that, that is the place that is going to cultivate the belief that like God created you Mm -hmm. in his image, gave you specific, um, places to serve, um, has given you his Holy spirit. Uh, like that is the place that's going to cultivate that belief that you have a seat at the table, mm. um, despite what culture says or despite what fallen hu- how fallen humans function, like according to scripture, um, there is a place for, for a female to be a pivotal part of the gospel going forth to yeah. the ends of the earth. And so if we're not staying in scripture, I just don't, I don't know how that is going to work yeah. for a woman uh, in ministry. So I think, I think that is the, the number one thing I would say. Let me just add another one. Can I add one more? Oh, absolutely. Okay. Um, the other thing I would say is, is learning to, f- to flee from division. Mm. I, oh, excuse me. <laughs> Whoa, we're going to, we're going to edit that. That just, that just made him gag. Okay. Flee, start over from flee. <laughs> so you like division? Is that what you're saying? Um, <laughs> I'm just kidding. You're going to keep it under control now? Yeah, I got it. <laughs> I think I think the second thing I would say is to flee from division. Mm-hmm. So um, obviously all of our natural bent is going to be towards sin. And mm. Satan would just love for division to flourish in the church. And, um, and we just can't be women who feed into that. Yeah. And so being willing to have the hard conversation, to say the hard thing, but in a way that uh, is, is loving and kind and is seeking um, reconciliation versus division. So to being willing to say to a male, Hey, as a woman, that the way you said that hurt me because dot, 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 you know, mm-hmm. and, um, rather than, than lending to gossip and, and, and frustration and division, I think mm. being willing to educate rather than divide. Yeah. Um, and I, I've heard this was said by a coworker a few years ago and, was in a different context, but I think it applies. It said, don't mandate perfection in expression. And so I think often we want to see something change, but we're demanding that that, that expression would be perfect. Yeah. That, it, that a male would like suddenly perfectly support and perfectly uh, right. advocate for us and perfectly encourage us. And I think it's, you know, that just creates division, right? Yeah. Like nobody's going to do that perfectly. And so let's, let's, um, Let's be excited when, when 
males make an effort to empower a woman in ministry, yeah. but not demand that they do that perfectly right. the first time. Right. And just overnight become yeah. Jesus. Yeah. That's, uh, not how, yeah. that's not how exactly. sanctification and works. <laughs> so that, I mean, that quote, you know, th- that quote was said by uh, one of my coworkers who is a person of color mm-hmm. in their context. But I think that applies to so many contexts of uh, just don't mandate perfection and expression. Yeah. Like what, what was that person's heart? Not did they, did the, did it play out perfectly in their behavior? Right. Yeah. So that's so good. My other. And I think there's such an important element in that where you're saying, you know, we were created with specific roles in mind and that we have jobs to do. And saying that in our modern context can really give, oh, so you really don't think we're equal. But I think the thing that we forget in our Christian context is you look at Jesus and the Father, and they are not on the same in terms of what their job is. Right. And Jesus acknowledges that. Yeah. You know, and, and he submits to the Father. But that doesn't make him less than, that doesn't make him any less God. Right. He's, Jesus is still God. Yeah. The Holy Spirit is still God. God the Father is still God. But they have specific purpose and mission distinctly yeah. as one. And in the same way that Jesus' submission to the Father doesn't make him less than the Father, it actually empowers him to be everything the Father's calling him to be. In the same way, when we, when we take that Christ-centered heart set to the question around men and women and roles in ministry— and we look at that and we take it literally when Paul says, hey, husbands, submit to your wives as Christ submitted to the Father, right, where, he, where he's doing that. And it says, husbands, you need to sacrifice yourself as Christ did for the church, right? You look at this right. and that's the model. And when you approach that in the not just in terms of marriage, but then into ministry, I mean, it just opens so many doors right. for, the, for the world to be impacted with the message of Christ. For the church to flourish. Yeah. yeah. But it takes both. Yeah. Takes both with an understanding of how to serve and love one another as we've been called to serve and love one another. Yeah. Man, this was awesome. Thank you Amen. so much for being on the show. Thanks for having this me. This was fantastic. If someone wants to support Young Life Northeast Columbia, how would they do that? Oh, man, a number of ways. I think, you know, we really do just need adults in our community mm-hmm. who are excited about kids meeting Jesus, lost kids meeting Jesus. And so, you know, whether we have a committee, we've got, we need leaders. We always need more leaders. Um, and then obviously like we're a nonprofit, so yeah, we, we function based off community support financially. But, um, I think, I think the main thing we really need right now is just, uh, adults who are excited about what's happening and would mm-hmm. help, help tell people what's happening through Young Life. And the links to how to support financially or how to get more information to jump in and walk alongside if you're in the Columbia area, those links will be in the show notes for you guys to check out and prayerfully consider partnering with Katie and partnering with Young Life. Thanks, Um, John. Absolutely. Thank you so much again for being on the show. Yeah, thanks for having me. Absolutely. Absolutely.